Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Mayor Christina Mern joins us with more on this week's Findlay Forward workshops, where you get to have your say about the city's future, because ultimately, the goal is to make Findlay a better community for all. Also this morning, with inflation and a volatile stock market eating away at many Americans' nest egg, are reverse mortgages a viable tool to help seniors provide for their financial needs in retirement? We'll take a closer look. And it's time to come out of hibernation, get outdoors with April programs and activities at the Hancock Park District. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. If you need a reason to celebrate, here you go. National Deep Dish Pizza Day today. It is also National Caramel Day, National Dandelion Day. I have not seen the first dandelions in my yard yet, but I know they're coming. (laughs) I do know they're coming. National Go for Broke Day. It is Read a Road Map Day. When was the last time you actually pulled out a road map? Now that we have Google to get us everywhere we're going to go, Google and Waze and all of those, when was the last time you actually pulled out a road map? It is Bell Bottoms Day. Probably the last time I pulled out a road map was when Bell Bottoms were actually in style. And uh, today is Flash Drive Day. So reasons to celebrate. So uh, the basketball game last night was just 920 is far too late to tip off a national championship game, especially on a Monday and people have to, I mean, what possesses the networks to begin, and, and the NCAA championship game, not the only game where they do that, the football championship game kicks off late in the evening as well. Nine o'clock, I think, is the kickoff for the, uh, for the college football championship. And, uh, and again, on a Monday, typically. Here's what I would like to see the NCAA do. This is what I think they they should do. I would like to see them combine the men's and women's Final Four into the same venue so that you have uh, both the men's and women's championships played at the same arena, in this case, the uh, Superdome in New Orleans, and Make it uh, the semifinals for the women on like Thursday, the semifinals for the men on Friday, and then do a national championship doubleheader on Sunday. You know, uh, do the uh, women's game first in the uh, in the early afternoon and then in the late afternoon, early evening, you do the men's championship game and you make it a championship doubleheader. I think that's what I think that would be fabulous and probably help boost the ratings of the women's final four, which is typically uh, much lower than the men's championship game. But I think if you were to do them both as a double header, I think it would uh, help both uh, the attendance and certainly the viewership, because if you did it on a, on a Sunday, then, or even better, a Saturday, you push everything to the semifinals Wednesday and Thursday. And then the, uh, finals on a Saturday that would be even better from a viewer's perspective but uh I don't know they got to do something at 920 a tip-off is just I understand that 
you know, they don't want to start it too early on the West Coast, but uh, the danger is you do it too early on the or too late on the East Coast, and just people can't stay up and watch that sense. Anyway, uh, let's see. So for those of you who are groggy because you stayed up late to watch the game, welcome to your Tuesday morning. Uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start your day. A Florida lawyer has now filed a federal lawsuit accusing Burger King of false advertising. Uh, at issue is the size of the Whopper. Um, Anthony Russo's lawsuit, he is seeking class action status for this. He contends that the fast food chain has portrayed its Whoppers in ads as being much larger than they actually are in real life. They, he says uh, they began inflating the size of their burgers in their advertising images around September of 2017. He actually claims that the size of virtually every food item advertised by Burger King is, quote, materially overstated. But he singles out the Whopper, saying that the... Uh, Signature burger is 35% bigger in an advertisement than it is when you actually order at the restaurant. And he says the ads show the Whopper as having double the meat that it actually has. The suit is asking for monetary damages and an order requiring Burger King to end what it says are the chain's deceptive practices. Stay tuned. I'm sure Burger King's quaking in their boots over this. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Just throw these out here. Researchers from uh, two universities. Actually, I don't know which universities those are. It says two universities, but it doesn't say which one. Um, They have found that people all over the world respond to the same smells. Uh, People, regardless of culture or geography, rank different odors in a similar way. Artin Arshamian is uh, one of the researchers behind this project, says odor preferences have have a personal component, but not a cultural component. Specifically, the study found the odor molecule determines whether a smell is pleasant or not. And the opinions of people are pretty much universal across the board. Overall, participants in the study ranked the best-smelling odor as vanilla. The best-smelling odor out there. Vanilla. It is a very pleasant aroma. Uh, Ethyl butyrate, I think is how you pronounce it, is uh, second on the list, which smells like peaches. Um... Participants most disliked the smell of isovaleric acid, which can be found in many foods, including cheese and soy milk, but also in foot sweat. <laughs> I'm not sure that's something I needed to know, that uh, isovaleric acid can be found in cheese and in foot sweat. I, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> that is the most unple- unpleasant odors. Uh, Mr. Arshamari... Uh, Arshamian 
struggling with his name here this morning, says that a possible reason why people consider some smells more pleasant than others, regardless of culture, is that such odors increase the chances of survivor, uh, increase the chances of survival during human evolution. I'm sorry, I just can't. And I didn't stay up late to watch the game last night, and I still can't uh, talk this morning, so I apologize. Anyway, he said it's an evolutionary component is basically what he's saying. So, uh, Here's some interesting medical news for you this morning. It appears that if you want to stave off dementia, take piano lessons. Researchers in uh, working concurrently in Germany and Switzerland found that when people in their 60s and 70s learned to play the piano... It strengthened the white matter in their brain, which is known to degrade when memory and concentration problems set in. And the benefit came within six months of uh, weekly piano lessons. Just six months of weekly piano lessons in stave off dementia. They note the protective effect appears to be related to piano training intensity. So the most committed students would see the greatest benefits. When you stave off dementia... Learn to play the piano. Kind of interesting. If you want to get the girls, learn to play guitar. If you want to stave off dementia, learn to play guitar. <laughs> um, something interesting here off the uh, newswire. Uh, speaking of uh, health-related stories, it seems that most of us will no longer have to wear, wear masks with new guidance from the CDC. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's new system... Of mask recommendations greatly changes the look of the risk map and puts more than 70% of the U.S. population in counties where the coronavirus is posing a low or medium threat to hospitals and healthcare centers. Uh, those are the people who can stop wearing masks, they said. For most of us, I don't think we've been wearing masks for quite some time. We've been in the low risk category here in Hancock County, so. Uh, the new recommendations still do call for masks to be worn in certain places, regardless of risk assessment. Uh, those places would include airports, train and bus stations, and on public transportation. The agency is still advising people, including school children, to wear masks where the risk of COVID-19 is high, which is the situation in about 37% of U.S. counties presently. In addition, anyone with COVID-19 symptoms... A positive test or exposure to someone with COVID-19 should wear a mask, they say. Which, uh, I guess, is to be expected. And uh, how about this? Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Since the start of the COVID pandemic, you know, many workers have been working remotely. And now, with the return to the office... Come some surprises. <laughs> One worker who posted on Reddit uh, discovered that her biggest surprise in ret returning to the office was the overgrown plant on her desk. She she found her desk plant had grown <laughs> almost to the ceiling while she was gone. And I saw that and I thought, how does that happen? I mean, if nobody was around to water it, if the, if the office was closed, nobody's around to water it, uh, how in the world did it, uh, did it grow so much? I, I don't know. Maybe th did they have, you know, like cleaning people come in and uh, were they watering the plants? I don't know. But uh, she said she found her desk plant had grown almost to the ceiling. Uh, members of the uh, group on Reddit that she posted 
uh, her uh, dilemma to suggested uh, cutting and replanting the overgrown desk plant. So I don't know uh, for anyone who hasn't yet gone back to the office (laughs) here. Just be prepared for uh, things that you don't expect, like overgrown office plants. (laughs) There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly cloudy skies today with a high around 60, a chance of showers tonight, a low around 50. The Ohio State Highway Patrol says alcohol is believed to be a factor in a fatal crash on I-75 in Wood County that took the lives of two people, one of them from Findlay. It happened a little before 10 o'clock Sunday night on I-75 near Signet Road. Troopers arrived on the scene to find six vehicles involved and two engulfed in flames. The highway patrol said the at-fault driver was taken to the Wood County Jail on two counts of aggravated vehicular homicide as alcohol is believed to be involved. A 19-year-old from Finley was killed in the accident, as was a 23-year-old from Michigan. Get more on the crash on the website. Two Ohio lawmakers have told the Ohio Supreme Court that they should not be held in contempt for leading the charge to push through a fourth set of GOP-drawn House and Senate maps to meet a court-imposed deadline. In a filing, Senate President Matt Huffman and House Speaker and Ohio Redistricting Commission co-chair Bob Cup, both Republicans from Lima, said the fourth map is not in contempt, it is compliance. They argued that they met every point of the high court's order. Voting rights and Democratic groups allege the panel thwarted orders to avoid partisan gerrymandering. Dave James, Unwinded News. This is National Library Week, and Wednesday specifically is National Library Outreach Day. One of the ways the Finley-Hancock County Public Library is celebrating is by holding a Find the Bookmobile event on Wednesday. The bookmobile will be at a new stop each hour, and we'll be posting clues on our Facebook page so that our patrons can do a little search and try to find the bookmobile wherever it's hiding. Library Director Sarah Clevedon says once you locate where the bookmobile will be, you can stop by and get a prize. And of course, you can enjoy all the library resources the bookmobile has to offer. Get more on National Library Week and how it's being celebrated locally on the website. The City of Finley Green Waste site will be opening for the season today. The site is located at 330 North Quarry Street behind the Public Works Department building, and the entrance is near the railroad tracks off of North Quarry. The site is for yard waste disposal and is available to Finley residents for free. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Our cover story this morning, Finley Mayor Christina Mern has joined us in the studio talk more about this week's Findlay Forward workshops. And uh, Mayor Mern, thanks very much for uh, being with us, first of all. We yeah, appreciate it. Great. This is part of the uh, strategic planning initiative that we have talked about uh, in the past, but for the benefit of those who are not familiar with uh, the impetus for all of this, kind of uh, lay it out for us. Yeah, so City Council and, and myself had been talking about how could we get strategic planning moving for the City of Findlay? How can we put together a, f- a framework that looks at you know our policies, process, um, and figure out what do we want our community to look like over the next 5, 10, 20 years and create a, a strategy to get there. So um, the city council had developed a strategic planning committee back in 2017, mm-hmm. which includes five city council members along with myself and Auditor Stashak. And uh, we finally were able to kind of agree on how, how we wanted um, it to kind of roll out and we're able to 
able to hire a firm planning next out of Columbus to help us with that process. And so this is really kind of the kickoff um, with the community engagement portion. So what do you envision the strategic plan including? Because when you say that, that can really go in a number of different directions. It can. Yeah, great question. Our process is going to include you know, community-wide involvement, and these workshops are really that first step. Um, we want to hear from citizens what we're doing well, what we need to improve, what services, what amenities, really kind of we just want to hear any of your thoughts on the community. Then what we're going to do is really narrow it down to the things that government has direct control or influence on. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, I keep using the example of uh, zoning policies um, what are the things that you want to see that, you know, or if we hear from folks, we want this type of housing or we want this amenity or we want this property developed, whatever it may be, then what does the city's involvement look to be to help make that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what folks ask frequently, well, what if it, you receive feedback related to the schools or healthcare? Um that's not something that government has direct control over, but it's something that, you know, as mayor, I'm able to help facilitate conversations to make progress on that. So I expect there to kind of be an appendices of feedback that we receive from the community mm-hmm. that then I can help facilitate conversations with outside entities to, to be able to make some progress on those as well. So it sounds like, uh, if I'm hearing this correctly, you're you're pretty much, uh, it, it's open-ended at this point, not knowing exactly what uh, may come up. I mean, we talk about the uh, workshops that'll happen uh, tomorrow and Thursday. The first of the uh, workshops happen tomorrow and Thursday uh, as a chance for everyone to have their say about the city's future because ultimately, the goal is to make Finley a better community for all, but how you do that, are you going in with any preconceived notions or any ideas in the back of your mind that I think that this needs to be a part of the strategic plan? No, we're really trying to go in very open, you know, open-minded, open-ended. Um, you know, I, I obviously, as mayor, have ideas on things that I still want to see accomplished mm-hmm. over the next couple of years. And as we're moving through this process, it's not like we're just sitting on our hands waiting for, for some answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we're really going in just kind of wanting to hear from the citizens. What do we want the community to look like over the next, you know, couple of decades? Um, so I, oh, go ahead. No, I was going <laughs> to say, and that's the other, and that's the other part of this uh, is that we're, we're thinking not a year or two ahead. We're thinking a decade or two ahead. Correct. It's yes and, you know, what what do we need to start doing right now to get to where we want to be and what are those immediate concerns and what are the long-term strategies? So as we mentioned, Finley Forward uh, workshops will be the chance for the community to engage in this process. The first of those are tomorrow and Thursday, not the only ones that will be on the agenda. Correct. So these are the first in-person round of workshops that are um, f- primarily um, presented by our outside consultant. They're helping facilitate these. We also have the community outreach team of about 40 individuals that have taken part in this already. They're kind of being trained to then also help facilitate smaller group discussions in the future. So what we call workshop in a box. Um, So over the next month, you know, we want to have these first in-person ones, the larger group sessions that we think is really valuable. Then we're going to be rolling out. Um, There's going to be a virtual meeting on the 12th. So there's three meetings over um, tomorrow at 6 p.m. at the Alumni Memorial Union at the University of Finley, so mm-hmm. right there by Old Main. Then on Thursday, there is a session at 1 p.m. at uh, 50 North, 
And then on Thursday evening at, I think it's either 5 or 5.30 now, I can't remember off the top of my head, at Alexandria's for individuals to participate. And then the next week, um, April 12th, there's going to be an, a virtual meeting that you can register for over the lunch hour. Um, and then there will be a survey rolled out later. And again, this is kind of the first session to kind of just big, big funnel, start mm-hmm. throwing things in. And then as we move through the process, there'll be additional discussions to refine some of the feedback that we receive this time. And one thing I want to state, you know, we're going to be collecting some high level demographic information as everyone's going through these workshops, because that will then help us identify who have we not heard from. We want to make sure that we're hearing from the entire community um, and we're going to be able to compare that to our census data and make sure that we're having a, a hmm. statistically relevant <laughs> um, sampling of the community. That was actually going to be uh, one of the questions. The point uh, you were talking about the various uh, forums, uh, forms these mm-hmm. forums will uh, <laughs> will take uh, in person, online, at various locations and so on. I would imagine designed to draw a uh, wide range of the community in uh, to the conversation because there are sometimes you hear when people say, well, the city leaders don't really care what I have to say, or I'm part of this group that doesn't uh, often get a say in, Correct. Uh, in the future. Of the yeah, that's, that is certainly not the case. We want to hear from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, these are the kind of first bigger workshops to try to get a, you know, a broad range, but that community outreach team, has 40 individuals from across the community with varying backgrounds, again, de- various demographics that are helping us then do some targeted outreach. So, for example, I know um, Pastor Josh Hansen from um, Gateway Church is on our community outreach team. He's going to be hosting a workshop mm-hmm. at their church. Um, we have representatives from the Diversity Coalition in town, and they'll be hosting um, a workshop as well. So that's just two examples. And then there's, you know, some small groups of people that are having a inviting folks over to their house and having 10 of their friends come. And, so very informal. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that's exactly what you're going to see happen over the next couple of months. So uh, and, and as this uh, relates to the larger uh, strategic planning uh, initiative, uh, and I know we've touched on this before, and so this is sort of a, a rehash of that. But again, what is the time frame to have some sort of strategic plan? plan in place and then what do you do with it once you have it Uh, because it's one thing to create a plan it's another to actually put it in motion yeah so our goal is to have something in front of council by the end of the year for adoption so we're gonna do we've been doing a lot of kind of behind the scenes work with the consultant to to gather data to look at um, policies process procedures within the city of finley government operations providing information about the community demographics and statistics, et cetera. Um, Over the next couple of months, we're going to work through the process with them, do additional engagement. I would expect that late fall, we will have an kind of plan Mm -hmm. to take, to introduce to the community for feedback and then take to city council for adoption with the, you know, goal of literally starting the action items that have been identified you know, next year. Uh, interesting uh, point. I think worth uh, emphasizing. Even once you have this plan, you're going to then present that to the community, and there will probably be feedback and maybe some tweaking. Even once the plan is put into place, so this is a correct uh, long-term process in, yep. in terms of several <laughs> several months. But again, the uh, first of the Findlay Forward workshops will be held uh, tomorrow and Thursday, right? Correct. And if folks want to be a part of that. 
Do they just show up? Do you have to register? Just show up, bring some friends. Um, It's only an hour long. So, you know, it's not going to be a three hour meeting that you're going to, you know, it's not a a very extensive time commitment, but it's critically important to be a part of. Um, You can find details on the City of Finley uh, website, on our Facebook page, and at finleyforwardplan.com. There's information on the locations. There's the information to sign up for the virtual meetings. Um, there's also a way to sign up to get regular updates. And as always, if folks have questions or aren't able to find information, please feel free to call my office at 419-424-7137 or email me at meritfinleyohio.com. And we have the link up to the uh, uh, Finley Forward uh, Plan website uh, at our webpage as well. So worth checking out for more information on the whole strategic planning process. Finley Mayor Christina Mern, thanks very much for dropping by. We thanks, appreciate Chris. it. Well, the ongoing volatility in the stock market continues to erode the value of many individuals' investment portfolios. Some Americans who are in or nearing retirement may feel pressure to protect uh, their investment uh, retirement investment as much as they can. Some who are still reeling from the financial impact of the pandemic may feel the need to withdraw money to keep up with existing bills. Some who may have gotten a late start may feel that they now will never be able to reach their financial goals. Whatever the case may be in the way this impacts you or stresses you, it is a difficult time to be saving. Scott Norman is vice president at Finance of America Reverse, which, as the name implies, specializes in reverse mortgages as a way to tap into more than $9 trillion in equity that homeowners are sitting on uh, right now. And Scott, given the current state of the market and the retirement crisis in America, which actually was a thing even before all of this volatility, what do reverse mortgages bring to the table? Who should consider these and why? Great. Well, thank you for having me on. And and I think you, you nailed it on the head right when you started Retirement in America is a, an expensive proposition, and it can be a very confusing and lonely proposition. But one thing that is that is helpful, as you said, that homeowners, uh, senior homeowners, are sitting on over $9 trillion in home equity. The market has seen some tremendous appreciation over the last few years, yet Americans are living longer, and they're saving less than ever before. And so in a time where we're trying to fund retirement and re- re- fund that retirement in a responsible way, a number of people are looking at a reverse mortgage. And they say, you know, I've, I've heard about a reverse mortgage, but I may not know exactly what it is. Well, to your to your point earlier, a reverse mortgage is a type of a home equity loan. It is designed for homeowners who are age 62 and over. But where it differs from a home equity loan is the options associated with it and the flexibility behind it. So, since it's really designed for homeowners who are age 62 and over, it does not require traditional monthly mortgage payment. That sounds a little bit different in that nobody ever really buys a car or buys a boat or buys a house without a traditional monthly mortgage payment, but that's exactly what the reverse mortgage is. It's designed for that, and it allows you to still retain ownership, so you still own your own home, mm-hmm. but it allows you the ability to access the equity in your home, and you can access the equity in your home in a number of different ways in a lump sum payment, in monthly payments, in a line of credit, or in a combination of the above. And so a reverse mortgage 
may not be very well known around the country. It's certainly not as well known as a home equity loan. But we think that when you look at the growth we've seen over the last few years, more and more people are recognizing, I need to know the options associated with a reverse mortgage because this might help me better fund my retirement. Well, it is a- an option, and you use the term flexibility, and you use that in the context of uh, flexibility and how you access that equity and make use of it. But there are some who will uh, argue that uh, it really uh, kind of boxes you in in terms of the flexibility for what you do with an appreciating asset moving forward. What about that uh, criticism is that you may be sacrificing Sacrificing future appreciation on uh, on what is for many Americans their largest single investment. Right. Well, the the best part about that is that you're you're really not sacrificing any appreciation because you still own your home, and so the additional appreciation you might have, you still have the benefit of that. So you never lose the downside of that. What you gain, though, on the front side, is the ability to help manage your retirement. You know, in eight years all of the baby boomers will be in retirement. And yet most of them have less than two years safe for retirement. A, a strong majority of them have, or almost a majority of them have zero safe for retirement. So in a time that you have your house that is appreciated so much, why not look at the options of safe associated with it? And I'm not saying the reverse mortgage is the end all be all, but what I am saying is that you need to understand the options associated with the reverse mortgage Study it for yourself. And when you have a house with house that has such a great deal of equity in it, why not look at it as an ability to help fund your retirement in a in a really as a as a risk management tool, which is almost what a reverse mortgage really is in a in a different way to look at it, and look at it compared to a home equity loan. But the downside is you certainly do not lose the appreciation of any future appreciation of your property. Now, you're talking about uh, some of the primary benefits of a reverse mortgage. What about that uh, kind of old mentality? And I know you've uh, heard about it many times. You've heard this many times, is that there is a line of thinking that the reverse mortgage is sort of the option of last resort for people who have no other option uh, to access retirement funds or uh, tap into that uh, home equity, who are the best candidates for a reverse mortgage? Is it indeed the option of last resort? Well, that's, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. And I would say it's really not the option of last resort. The reverse mortgage of, of 20 years ago very well may have been the option of last resort, but the reverse mortgage today is certainly not your, your father's or your grandfather's reverse mortgage. So I, I would I, I think it's important to point that out, that the, the consumer protections and the changes in the product over the last five or 10 years have been pretty significant. I would probably say anybody that's age 62 or over should look at it. Uh, ironically, a lot of our clients are actually the children and the grandchildren of the homeowners because they are being burdened in some ways. And they're looking after mom and dad or Mimi and Papa in ways to help them age in place and fund their retirement. So... While most of our clients are between, you know, 65 and 85, we have a lot of people in the extended family who are all in the same boat. We're all trying to find options. We're all always trying to look for flexibility. And when you look at a responsible retirement tool, in a lot of ways, a reverse mortgage is exactly that. And when you're sitting on the type of equity you're sitting on, why are, why are we not exploring all of your options, all of your assets, all of your resources? 
when you're trying to maintain uh, the same retirement years you've had in the years past. It is an important point that you uh, bring up that the uh, protections and the way this uh, product is structured is not the same as it was a couple of decades ago. So if you come into it with that mindset, maybe it's worth taking an additional look. That's not to say that there aren't some pitfalls, but then again, that is true as with uh, any investment product. So uh, there is that as well. But for more information, if folks want to look at uh, at this again and and see if maybe there is a place for this in your overall financial picture. Where do folks get more information? Sure. So Finance of America Reverse is one of the leading reverse mortgage lenders in the country. And if you're in front of your computer or on your phone, pull up F-A-R, so F-A-R.com and, and learn for yourself the pros and the cons of a reverse mortgage and who it works for and, and when it works best and when it may not work best. Because we are in the in the responsible retirement business, and we're not trying to do anything but provide as much education and as many resources as we possibly can to homeowners around the country. Again, Scott Norman is vice president at Finance of America Reverse. Scott, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. If you could choose any type of vehicle to take for a joyride, what would you choose? Police in Harris County, Texas, got a call the other day about a man driving a tractor on Hardy Road and attempting to enter the main lo- the uh, main lanes of a tollway <laughs> on a tractor. Uh, police discovered that the man in question was 38-year-old Justin Brown, and the tractor was actually a forklift. <laughs> and the driver refused to stop. Mr. Brown refused to stop. Uh, leading police on a slow speed chase, reaching top speeds of about 18 miles an hour. <laughs> after after about a 20-minute pursuit, the forklift finally came to a stop and police took the driver into custody without any incident. Mr. Brown was charged with evading, but they couldn't really charge him with speeding, could they? Yes, I mean. I'm just evading. Uh, No injuries uh, reported in the case. The owner of the forklift was uh, located and uh, the property returned to the owner. (laughs) Of all things to take on a joyride, a forklift. All righty then. How bored do you have to be to a forklift on a joyride? I don't know. Here's a story about why you shouldn't just hire anyone as a pet sitter for your dog. Police in Fort Collins, Colorado... Uh, took a report uh, from a local woman who needed help in getting her dog returned. They found that uh, Patricia is the only name that was given, just the uh, first name of the dog owner. Patricia needed someone to watch her dog for a few days, and her acquaintance uh, couldn't watch the the pooch for the entire time. The person that normally watches her dog, uh, dog sits for her. So uh, her friend recommended another man named Jesse Beckwith, to uh, step in and and help out. Uh, Mr. Beckwith uh, initially shared updates with Patricia about her dog, but then stopped communicating and eventually (laughs) refused to give the dog back. (laughs) He was was dog-sitting and just decided he'd keep the dog. Uh, The uh, police department 
has asked for the public's help in locating the dog. Uh, or the police department asked for the public's help in locating the dog, and that seemed to do the trick. Uh, Mr. Beckwith, uh, upon hearing that he was now a wanted man for dog napping, dropped off the animal at the local Humane Society. Uh, police noted the very grateful owner has been notified and will be picking the pooch up. Thank you to uh, everyone who helped spread the word. There is no word on whether charges uh, will be filed, but can you imagine that's there's somebody to dog sit and they just won't return your dog. <clears throat> Here's another case of mistaken identity. How many times have we had this most recently in the uh, broken news? We had the story about somebody who called to report the skeletal remains of a human being in a field. And it turned out to be like a Halloween decoration, a plastic skeleton. And we'll have stories like that. Uh, from t- t- uh, time to time in the uh, broken news. Here is uh, the latest mistaken identity. Could have been much worse. The sound of gunshots that sent passengers running for their lives at the Cancun airport last Monday turned out to be just the sound of a tourist accidentally knocking over a photo exhibit. <laughs> cause, cause to panic. Uh, people were knocked down, children uh, separated from their parents in the stampede involving hundreds of people uh, who thought that there was uh, something nefarious going on. Uh, Crowds reportedly sought, uh, sought safety even on the tarmac and buses carried travelers to other parts of the airport. So everybody was fooled by this. They thought there was an active shooter. They evacuated the airport. People are running for their lives. And it turned out just to be one tourist knocked over a photo exhibit. Um, <laughs> airport employees uh, had to uh, gather up debris left behind. Spent hours gathering up debris uh, left behind by panicked passengers uh, and uh, trying to reunite uh, like lost boarding passes and lost shoes and lost baggage that people just dropped and ran. Uh, spent hours trying to uh, reunite people with their belongings, according to report from uh, CBS. But all's well that ends well. At least it wasn't an active shooting. <laughs> Must have been. Can you imagine being the person who who knocked over the display uh, by accident? Whoops. <clears throat> I mean, what do you say? Whoops. <clears throat> and finally, in the broken news this morning, a homeless man in uh, San Rafael, California, is suing that city over health issues he claims were caused by living in an encampment by a major highway. 49-year-old James Hellard says the uh, homeless camp exposed him to highway noise and pollution. Uh, Since living under the overpass for the past two years, Mr. Hellard claims he was put at risk for illness and uh, he has some uh, hearing loss because of all of the uh, loud noise. The lawsuit cites CDC data that suggests living near a major roadway can result in asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, and other negative health effects. Uh, So why is he suing the city? Because apparently this this homeless camp is sanctioned by the city. Uh, They agree that if that's where the homeless are going to camp out, that they won't remove them. And uh, Mr. Hellard alleges it was the city that put him at risk for the illness because that's where 
they forced the homeless. A uh, hearing on the suit is scheduled for April 22nd. I would imagine if he wins, I don't know the uh, size of the suit, but I'm guessing if he wins, he won't be homeless anymore. <laughs> he probably won't be homeless anymore. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Your home for Cleveland Guardians baseball is WFIN. The 2-2. Swung in and blasted. Deep to left center field. Near the wall and gone. Jose Ramirez with home run number 27. The Guardians open the season Thursday afternoon at Kansas City. Pre-game at 335 on 1330. WFIN and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, It is uh, no secret that we love our pets. So what do they say about dogs? They're man's best friend. And a new survey shows that that is actually very true for most of us. Uh, According to this survey, 2,000 dog owners, 7 in 10, say that their dog is indeed their best friend. 7 in 10. The poll is commissioned by the Puppy Finder website, puppyspot.com, also finds four in five of us dog owners uh, admit to pampering their pooch as much as possible. Uh, 42% of dog owners book their pets grooming appointments more often than they do for themselves. (laughs) And we are so inseparable from our four-legged companions that over half of those polled take their dogs with them when they run errands just on a daily basis. Two in five, so about 40%, say they seek out restaurants where their dogs would be welcome. 35% say they look for vacation destinations when they can bring their dog along. 57% of dog owners celebrate their puppy's birthday. 52% actually throw a party for their dog. Have you ever done that? Throwing a doggy birthday party, 52% of us have done that. 56 will buy our dog birthday gifts, like new toys. Uh, 49% celebrate those uh, birthday milestones with a play date for other dogs. <laughs> and when it comes to spoiling their dogs, 76% of dog owners say they spend nearly 300 hours a year looking for the best treats and toys for their dog. Can you say obsessed? We're actually going to try this again, uh, because last week, uh, (laughs) I actually, this was my fault. Uh, If you remember, you were listening uh, last week, we were saying, hey, we're going to talk about uh, April programs and events, the Hancock Park District, and yada, 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 and then we didn't. (laughs) No. <laughs> and that was my fault because I had it uh, actually uh, written down. 
uh, for the uh, wrong day, and Michelle wasn't here because he she didn't know that she was Tuesday. supposed to be here on uh, on Wednesday. <laughs> you were <laughs> so I I rather than throw you under the bus, I'll uh, admit that it was uh, my mistake uh, last week. So we'll try this again. Um, it is, uh, but it is time to come out of hibernation because the yes. uh, weather is getting a little bit warmer. It's getting a little bit nicer. Right. Uh, day by day, uh, things are getting a little bit better, and uh, you've got a lot of yes. things to get people out of doors in the month of April. We do. And this Saturday, we've got, um, actually, I think there's four different programs that are happening. Wow, busy but day. Wanted, yeah, and I'm doing three of them. So, <laughs> um, again, all of our programs are on our program and activities calendar, HancockParks.com, because okay. we've got a lot of stuff in April and May. And then also, again, our summer camps are already listed. So just want to put that out there. Um, and we're working on our summer stuff. So that won't be out till till next month. So um, this Saturday, uh, one of the things I'm doing is a teen bird hike. And so again, this Saturday, April 9th. And this is going to be for, um, it's kind of geared for teens, 13, 14, 15 year olds that want to go out and just kind of learn the basics of, of birding. Um, if you don't have binoculars, we have some for you. Um, it's going to take place out at Oakwoods Nature Reserve. We're going to meet at the Discovery Center. Um, we just want you to register register though by that morning at 10 o'clock and it's at one o'clock and so um actually i haven't even looked at saturday's forecast i've been looking all this week i'm a, I'm a track <laughs> mom this season be- so i'm like okay am i sitting in rain and not do i dress in layers it's actually um, supposed to be pretty nice uh you know considering maybe as a long little as it's cool, not raining but, you know yeah. i can deal with cool but yeah. as long as it's not raining and stuff so um yeah so that's taking place on on saturday so if you've got a teen that you know is really into birding or just Again, wants to get out with some of their friends and, and hike around. Birding is a great thing because really the only thing you need is a good pair of binoculars. Really, I mean, yeah. And, and we have that. some, you know, if you've got a little pair or field binoculars, or again, we've got some that you can borrow. So we'll, yeah. again, give you basics of maybe you've never used them before, of how to use binoculars and kind of get them. Because you sight them into your own eyesight. Right, right. And you can adjust that to yours. And um, I mean, the birds, we've been still doing our feeder watch and the birds are definitely, no, it's spring. They're getting their summer, mm-hmm. spring colors back. Um, the hormones are going. You can tell they're not, in wintertime, they just want to eat. They don't care if there's another male. It's about eating and surviving. Well, now it's a little different and they're okay. still eating, but now it's like, hey, you're a little too close to me or they're looking for females. So the birds definitely know that spring is in the air. And so again, that'll be on Saturday. And then also later in the afternoon, I'm going to be doing a wildflower ID hike out at Litzenberg. And this is going to be for adults. So anybody ages 18 and up, four o'clock, no registration. We're just going to meet at the gatehouse. Um, I was out there about a week ago. Again, we've had a little bit more warmer weather. We should have a few more things. Nothing was really up then, but hopefully we should have, especially this week too, like you said, it's going to be Kind of regular 50s, 60s. Things generally start to change pretty quickly right. this time of year. We should yeah. hopefully start seeing some of the early spring wildflowers. Yeah. And um, and really, to me, Litzenberg is one of the best places in our parks to look for spring wildflowers. So that'll take place um, Saturday at 4 o'clock. Again, no registration necessary. Just show up. Okay. And I will be there. All right. What else is going on? Well, April is also our Earth Day, and so we're going to celebrate that. It's Friday, April 22nd, and our program is Make Every Day Earth Day. I've always said every day is Earth Day in the parks because you can go out and celebrate the fresh air and the animals and everything out in nature. And this will be taking place um, at the Discovery Center at Oakwood's Nature Reserve from 4.30 to 7.30. And it's recommended for families, so with various age kids can come out and attend we're going to have different activities like making recycled paper, some activities outside, 
course, if it's nice out, you'll be able to play in the nature play area. So our new woodland area that you can play, um, the yard area, and just kind of get out and again really enjoy. Yeah, and by nature, and by late April, it really should be nice weather. It should hopefully right. I yeah. mean, you know, like sixty five. Doesn't that sound? <laughs> It'd be just about perfect, perfect right there, yeah. So, yeah, so that'll be taking place. Um, again, no registration necessary, just show up. And and it's not like three hours long. It's from 4 to 7.30. So mm-hmm. if it's like, hey, I'm not getting off work or, or I've got things going on and you want to show up at 6, that's fine. It's just, okay. it'll be kind of ongoing activities um, that will be taking place out, Very good. At, out at Oakwoods. Very good. Uh, anything else to uh, highlight uh, the month of April specifically? Uh, nothing really a, specifically. Okay. Again, there's the we do ones. have a spring break camp happening next Friday on Good Friday that, again, I know we were about half filled the last time I looked. Okay. And also, too, for our spring break camps, we usually fill, and some of those are already half filled. We limit usually to you know about 20 children, and some of them already have 10, 11, 12 okay. um, kids in there. So that's something that, you know. Maybe and you're in spring are, mode, but for me, you know, you don't want to delay if you know you want to yeah. bring kids to camp. And sure. those are for what ages? We start at age four. We do some four and fives. Of course, our very popular are adventure day camps that we take kids ages six to 12. Those are one days. We do a week in June and a week in August. But then we also have things for specific ages. So six, seven, and eight or nine, 10, 11, 12. And then we have a one day for teens that's on rockets. So something you might, you know, your teen might be interested in and and learning about rockets. And we will be shooting off some rockets at the park. Cool. Very Um, cool. I think that's in July. Don't quote me, but again, okay. all of our parks, all of our summer camps, and those opportunities those are, on the website. So you can go there to now. register, or you can stop by the office on East Main Cross weekdays, eight to four thirty, if yeah. you want to get registered. So do not delay on those because I, I would not because they're filled up. They're filled up. A lot so. of people might go, "Oh, school's done," and then they go, "What can I do with my kid?" Mm-hmm. But you might want to, if you know, at least start looking at dates, and maybe you haven't planned everything out. I, I'm a I, I plan. I'm looking like what's. <laughs> I want things to come out for fall just so I can start planning around. <laughs> just our schedule. I, I'm don't for, jump too far. I'm looking for. Here. I was like, when's my football schedule coming out? I'm serious. So, um, but no, we'll be again. Summer stuff will come out next month, um, probably beginning of May. But okay. the rest of the summer program. But summer camp right. is out there now if you want to get registered. Very good. So, uh, lots of things going on uh, in April. Reasons to get out and enjoy the improving weather. And uh, again, looking ahead to. To, uh, summer camps where you can uh, sign kids up for that. We've got the link up for more information. The entire schedule is on the uh, website, right? Yes. Yep. Hancockparks.com. Very good. Uh, Michelle Rumschlag from the uh, Hancock Park District with us this morning. Michelle, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And that is our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, suddenly who, how, where, and when Americans vote is an issue to help both sides score political points. We'll get into questions of election integrity and voting rights with the national chairman of the Election Transparency Institute, former Virginia Attorney General Ken Cuccinelli. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.